The fifth petition. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. What does this mean? We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would not look at our sins or deny our prayer because of them. We are neither worthy of the things for which we pray, nor have we deserved them. But we ask that he would give them all to us by grace, for we daily sin much and surely deserve nothing but punishment. So we too will sincerely forgive and gladly do good to those who sin against us. I need a volunteer. I actually do need a volunteer. I need a volunteer who has a calculator. Somebody with their phone, perhaps, that has a calculator. Oh, we got a few. Okay, all right. So help me out with this math. Uh, let's take, what is the, what's the average going rate for a standard job that someone might work for a daily wage? Standard going rate. How much do you earn in a day? Say? $15, well, should we take $15 an hour? Okay, we could take $15 an hour. And we'll do eight hour day and we'll do 40 days and 40 hours in a week. All right, so 15 times 40. Somebody's got that. What's that? 15 times 40? 600. Okay. What? I'm sorry, what's 15 times eight? 120. Thank you. You didn't need a calculator. 120. So 100. $120 a day, right? $120 a day. Trent, you'd be well off, right? You'd be doing great. $120 a day because you'd, you know, a lot of things you don't have to pay. But anyway, we will set that aside. So $120 a day. And um, 365 days in a year. So, so take that 120 and multiply it by 365. 43,800. And that's if somebody works every day, right? Not many people work every day, right? But let's just take that for, for now, for the time being. We can, we can maybe play with that number. What was that number again? 43? All right. So let's make it an even 40. How about that? Make it an even 40, is that good? Because some of these people aren't going to work every day. Even for, is that fair, Grandma? Okay. So 40000 in a year at $15 an hour. All right. So 40000 a year, uh, and, and that's one year. Now multiply that by 20, 20 years. 800000 Not bad. Not bad. 20 years. $800,000. Okay. All right. So there was a man who was working for the king. And the time came for the king to settle his debts. And the man was brought in because he owed the king money. And he owed the king 20,000 talents. Now, what was the figure you had in your 800,000? Yes. 800,000? 800,000 equals one talent. So now we have to multiply 800,000 by 10,000 more. Do you even know what that number is? 
Eight E nine. That's what your calculator says. Yeah, yeah. Eight E nine. Ten thousand talents. One talent is twenty years' wages for the average laborer. One talent is twenty years' wages for an average laborer. This man went into debt ten thousand talents. Now. We can wonder how it is that the king kept throwing good money after bad and got this guy that far into the hole. We can wonder how this guy blew it so badly that he was that far into the hole. But the interaction between these two, the, the man and his, his king, is, is significant for our, our petition today. So he's brought in before the king. He owes... 10 to the E, 8 to the E, whatever, 8, 9. Yeah, 8, E, 9. He owes that much. More than even the calculator can count and share with us. And the king says, pay what you owe. And the man says, be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Be patient with me. Give me more time. Another month, maybe. And I'll come up with it. Right? I've got it. I've got it back here somewhere. Let me just go look and I'll pull it out and, and everything will be fine. Be patient with me and I'll pay you back everything. And the king looks at him, and Jesus says the king has pity on him and forgives the debt. Immediately, that man goes out from the presence of the king, and he's walking back home, and he sees a fellow servant of the king. And this fellow servant of the king owes him some money, owes him. 100 denarii. Now, one denarii is back to that 120, that one day's wage. 100 denarii is about a third of a year's worth of employment. Okay. So he owes him a tidy sum. So what does the man do? He takes him by the scruff of the neck, throws him up against the wall, and says, pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant, who owes him a three months' worth of work, says, be patient with me, and I will pay you everything. What does the man do? He calls the guards. This man owes me money. Throw him into prison until he pays the last penny, which they are duty-bound to do. Some of his fellow servants are there and see the whole thing. They go back to the king and make a full report. The king calls him in a second time. What kind of a person are you? He says, in so many words. I forgave you all that debt. And in response, you went out and did this to your fellow servant? 
Very well then. Be judged by your own judgment. You go into prison until you pay your debt. Your debt is reinstituted. Matthew 18, verses 21 to 35. It is an astounding story told on the heels of Peter's question. How often should I forgive my brother? Up to seven times? To which Jesus says, as generous as that sounds, you ain't seen nothing yet. The kingdom of God knows no limit to forgiveness because the king of that kingdom knows no limit to forgiveness. This is hard, folks. This is hard because we want to be forgiven. We want to be forgiven of the whole thing. We want to go off scot-free, but letting the other guy off scot-free is a different story, isn't it? In fact, the first response of that man is so often our first response to God. Don't worry, God, I can do this. Yeah, right. Don't worry, God, I got this. I'll take care of it. I'll clean up my own mess. I can take care of all this stuff. Just give me, give me a little bit more time. The challenge, the first challenge of this petition is to recognize our standing before our king. That we have nothing to offer him. That we have this absolutely monstrous Googleplex debt that cannot be paid. And that there's no amount of time, no amount of effort no amount of anything on our part that's ever going to make a dent in that debt. Why? Because absolutely every bit of obedience that we would ever offer to God, every bit of holiness that we might ever muster as though that were possible, is already owed to God. You can't pay back a debt when your currency is already owed to God. Everything you have, everything you are, everything about you is already owed to the Father. So once, once there's a deficit, there's, there's no way to make that back up. Not on your own. Not on your own steam. Not in your own character. Not in your own efforts. No matter what good you might do on your own, it is already owed to God. It doesn't give you a bonus. It doesn't give you any credit. It's already owed. Just give me a little more time and we'll be fine. I'll make good on it. So the disciple, in hearing this word, comes to recognize and realize that the forgiveness that the disciple so desperately needs 
is found only in Christ Jesus. We pray in this petition that our Father in heaven would graciously forgive the sins that we have and and are only and completely for Christ's sake alone. When it comes to our station and standing with the Father, the only reason that we are able to, to stand on our own two feet in front of a holy God is because the Lord Jesus Christ and his cross stands between us. Found in him, his death and resurrection avail for us. And that comes because he has promised it, and the Holy Spirit has called us to trust that very promise. So, yes, we are welcome in the presence of the King because we bear the name of Christ. Not because we have some, some capacity to pay back the debt that we owe. Clinging to him and being bound in him and being released and resurrected in him, we have his new life. We pray that God our Father would graciously forgive our sins for Christ's sake. Appreciating that appreciating the absolute desperate and destitute nature by which, in which we come to our Father. And that his Son is the only thing that gives us that access at all. Recognizing the absoluteness of that position is exactly what Jesus is trying to communicate when he tells them his debt is 10,000 talents. It's an innumerable, insurmountable sum. to recognize that we are convicted and naked before the Father apart from Christ. When we relish and appreciate and come to grips with what God has provided us when he has given us the gift of his son, when he has so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him in this promise will not perish, is not sent to prison forever, but has everlasting life. That gift in word and baptism and supper of the Lord feeds the Christian into that grace and humility. And it's then that we are confronted with the sins of our brothers and sisters against us. Because there they are. And they are just as innumerable. Perhaps not innumerable to us, but certainly innumerable to God. So this hundred denarii. What shall we do with that? The gift is that the Son of the living God stands not just 
between us and the Father, but stands also between us and our neighbor. That he has bound us together and he stands between us. So that when we look at our Father in terms of the cross and in terms of the Son and to see and to relish and appreciate his forgiveness for us and all that we are and all that is desperately in need of that forgiveness, we can turn to our neighbor and see the very same forgiveness that God has showered on us. Forgive us our trespasses as we also forgive those who sin against us. We need to pray this prayer because there's absolutely no way, no resources within ourselves on our own in order to love this way. This concretely, this kind of compassion for our neighbor, it's, it's not there. It doesn't come from here. It comes from the cross. The only way that that kind of love is actually going to be active is if it's Jesus' love that's doing the loving. That's why you come and you kneel and you eat and you drink. And you come past the baptismal font and, and the waters of baptism in mind and heart and brow and body make you new. Because it must be, it must be the love of God in Jesus Christ that is going to do this work. If you try to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps, you're going to tie them together and fall flat on your face. But the Lord God is gracious and merciful to answer yes to this prayer. He's promised to say yes to this prayer. He has promised that the forgiveness he gives to you is not going to be stopped up. And as you pray this prayer, he, you, the Holy Spirit will continue to remind you that you are a conduit of God's love and not a bottomless pit to suck it all in for yourself. We are not going to be narcissistic about receiving forgiveness that it's all about me but instead we're going to recognize that the mass of folks out there and the people sitting next to us here are just as much in need of that same forgiveness as we are and the very same love that god has shown to us he is going to work in and through us for the sake and for the peace and for the love of our neighbor. That takes us right back to Peter's question, doesn't it? How often do I forgive? There is no end to forgiving. It doesn't mean there isn't accountability for things that have been done. But I... I'm not going to hold those things over another person with respect to God. There may be accountability with the state. There may be broken relationships that need to be repaired. 
there may be any amount of restoration that needs to be established. But God forbid I use somebody else's failures against them before God or before another neighbor to take their sins and put them on display, to take their sins and allow that to embitter my own heart and, and constrain and constrict my service and my love, to constrain and constrict my prayers because every time I go to the Father, all I'm thinking about is holding a grudge, to constrain and restrict God's own response to me. I forgave you all that debt, and you're holding on to that? You've got to be kidding me. Really? So long as we expect of ourselves that in ourselves we are going to be doing this, we will have forgotten the first petitions. Your name, O Lord, be hallowed. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The only way that this forgiveness is going to happen is if God is doing the forgiving, even through us. That God's will is done on earth, among us, in our relationships and in our peoples, the way God would have it done perfectly in heaven. All of these, all of these are the heart and soul of love in action. This is serious compassion. This isn't love that is a, a flighty thing. This is hard work. And it is a place where Satan would attack and say, yeah, but they deserve it. Of course they do. But so do, so do you and so do I. And the cross avails for all of us, or it avails for none of us. Because he died for all, I am bound. I am bound to see all in terms of the cross. With a cross-eyed vision, in a tomb-filled spirit, that all of those sins have been buried away, so that the resurrection of Jesus is our daily bread. Amen. The peace of pa that passes all human understanding. Keep your hearts and your minds in faith towards Christ Jesus. Amen.